unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Hey, it's Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and you are your place for what? The Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for being here. Whether you're live or on the replay, we appreciate you. And also, if you're watching the video cast or listening to the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We're now in nine countries. Thank you very much. We got Germany. We got India. We got uh we got uk we've got i think um scotland we've got we've got a couple of different places so thank you guys all for being here share that stuff out within your country i would appreciate that because kick ass is all over the world we're going to take over the world it's world domination no excuses let's live our life today and uh just appreciate you guys being here so as the as the story always goes we're going to be bringing on our guest here in just a few moments but i just have a couple of commercials for you i just want to share with you some exciting stuff that's going on we got catherine in the house Catherine, what's up? Thank you for being here, Catherine. Appreciate you. Catherine quit smoking. How long has it been now, Catherine? It's uh, It's been well over a week. So congrats to Catherine. I'm helping her out with that. So I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you. And um, yeah, so here's how it goes tonight. You guys can ask us any questions. Uh, feel free to ask my guest questions. Engage with us in the comments. This is just like me and her sitting in a bar at a coffee shop. And you guys are kind of like gathered around a little bit. And you're going, hey, what are those key, what are those people talking about? They're talking about conversations. They're talking about gratitude. They're talking about how I can live my life today and not worry about the bullshit that's going on in the world. <gasps> I want to hear more of that. I want to hear more of that. So you guys are a part of the family. You guys are part of the misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. So we appreciate you. And Catherine says 13 days. 13 days, no smoking cold turkey. Well, you think she used a couple of things. She's been chewing some gum too, but let's wish Catherine uh, an awesome uh, congratulations on that because, you know, when you start taking care of yourself, ladies and gentlemen, you start really like focusing in on the bare minimums, you know, making sure that you're eating right, uh, making sure you're getting some exercise every day, making sure you're hydrating your body. God, hydrate your body, ladies and gentlemen, half your body weight in ounces of water and you'll be amazed at how much different you feel, how much more clear you feel, how your skin looks better. People tell me like, Chris, you don't don't even look like you're 87. I'm like, that's because I drink a lot of water. Drink a lot of water. Yes. Um, but no, seriously, you got to make sure you hydrate. And the last thing is you got to make sure you, you check in on your sleep, you know, hydration, nutrition, um, activity, uh, sleep, do those things. Like I have an aura ring, wrong ring. That's my wedding ring. Just in case you wanted to know I'm married. Um, this is an aura ring. So it actually tracks my sleep. It tells me how much deep sleep I get. REM sleep it tells me how many times I wake up in the middle of the night. It tells me my uh, average heart rate. It tells me all these different things to make sure that I'm getting quality sleep. Because when you just take care of those things, man, it is amazing how much better you feel. I mean, can you tell? Can you tell? I feel pretty good. Feel pretty good. Yeah. Look pretty good for 87 or whatever number I said. No, I'm actually 53. Um, and I'm proud of it because age is just a number until you get to 87. Then it's like, oh shit, I'm on the top of the roller coaster. But I just actually, God's on a street. I wasn't going to tell you about this, but I just watched a documentary over the weekend. It's like, it's like something called Explained and it's on Netflix. And they were talking about the medical advances that are going on these days. I believe that we're going to be living to 100, 120 probably within the next 10 to 15 years. So when you think about being 50, 60, you're like, oh man, my time's already up. 
no, your time's just beginning. So keep that in mind. So we appreciate you guys for being here and something I'm super excited about that I got accomplished this week. I'm going to share it with you guys. Uh, you guys, if you follow me on social media, um, you will have seen it already, but I am super pumped about this. You guys have been asking for swag. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen, we've got our wristbands in stock in the Christopher Rouse shop. You go to ChristopherRoush.com forward slash shop. You can see we got beautiful wristbands right there. We got wristbands. We got these wristbands right there. So you guys could go to Christopher. Whoops, that was crazy. That was like an up close version of my uh, of my arm here. Um, so we got no excuses on one side and we got believe on the other side. And then we've got the other one, which is our white one. This one says uh, unstoppable and no excuses. So God's honest truth. I wear one of them on one wrist, one wrist, and I wear the other one on the other wrist. And you guys have been asking about it because I've been wearing them for a little bit. So you can go to ChristopherRoush.com forward slash shop, and you can check that out. And so I'm excited about that. We got more swag coming. You guys have been asking about shirts. You guys asking me about my hat over here. Like Chris, when are you gonna when are you gonna have this uh, when are you gonna have this hat for sale? So if you guys are interested in that, Kickass Unstoppable. It says Kickass Unstoppable. That's gonna be coming to the store as well. And what else? What else? We got Ryan in the house from all the way from the UK. I was saying we were in nine countries. Ryan's in the house. He was just recently a guest on the show. He's going to be back on the show as well. He's a brilliant dude, traumatic brain injury survivor, uh, going out there, healing the world and using his message to be able to, to do that. And the other thing I want to share with you is this is something God's honest truth is my coach chewed my ass out a couple of months ago. And she said, Hey, I went on your website and I can't buy shit from you. She goes, you, you got your coaching, you got your speaking, but I can't buy anything from you. I can't buy an ebook. I can't buy coaching. I can't buy courses. I can't buy anything for you, from you, Chris. And if you want to be successful and you want to have a way to work people through the opportunity to work with you, you got to start having courses and a program and everything else. So I did this. I have not really done this much. I've done a couple of group coaching programs in my, in my past life, you know, a couple of them. But based on the fact that you guys wanted to see this, I've got the group coaching. It's called Unstoppable Kick-Ass Six-Month Group Coaching Program. It's starting September 19th. If you guys want to work with me, if you go to this page, uh, I'll put it in the links. You guys go check it out. we got three different themes. One of them's Reinvent. The other one's Empower. And the other one's Excel. This is a six-month program. So you can go in there and you can see week one, we're going to be talking about clarity. You will learn with crystal clear clarity how to redefine and redesign your life with powerful structures to achieve the unachievable. Week two, we're going to learn about accountability. You will learn the critical importance of being accountable for the results that you are standing for in your life so on and so forth. You can go click all these beautiful things. We have 24 weeks of amazing goodness. Uh, again, there's more details in there for that. And again, if you go over to the little shop thing right there, I have an amazing web designer, Mr. Ben uh, Hayden. If you guys need a web designer, if you need shit like this set up, he did a great job on this. So you go over there and you click on the shop and you go in there and purchase it. We got more information in there. I've got early bird pricing because I want to make it affordable for you guys. Uh, got to have some skin in the game. We got all the benefits going on here. And if you want more information, obviously you can click right there and that goes back to this page and you can see all the different nuggets in there. You can see all the different um, testimonials. We just had another testimonial um, put in a couple of days ago. So we got all sorts of them there. You can see what's going on. So that is kind of just my little commercial, my little thing that uh, my coach is having me do. So we all have coaches. I'm the no excuses coach. I have the ultimate no excuses coach, Sally Anderson from uh, the great part of New Zealand uh, who kicks my ass every once in a while. So I just wanted to share that with you to make sure that you have an opportunity if you want to work with me.
no harm, no foul if you don't. But uh, I just wanted to tell you that because I'm super excited about it. And uh, I'm just excited about helping people. You know, you know the world's in, in, in chaos right now. If you look at the news, which I really don't, uh, you see divisiveness, you think you see things about the civil war, you know, potentially happening in here in the United States. We got uh, climate crisis. We got all sorts of things going on. We got inflation. We got, you know, elections and everything else going on. It's no wonder that people are stressed out. And so I want to offer you guys a way with everything that I do, whether it's the podcast, whether it's my social media posts, whether it's group coaching, whatever it is, I want to offer you guys an opportunity to see things from a different perspective. And that's why I come here every single week and do this show, the Ron and scripted show. That's why I do the unfiltered experience. I'm about to launch another podcast with some amazing people called the visionary five. We're actually creating curriculum to help young boys and young men learn life skills and really truly have a kick-ass life. Again, with me, it has to be edgy. So um, we're not going to take any bullshit. We're actually going to help educate parents and teachers on how to treat their kids, how to raise them to be uh, high-functioning, uh, amazing adults. We've got five different unique personalities, including one female. So it's four guys and one female. We almost called it four guys and one girl, uh, but we figured that's too close to two girls and one cup or some bullshit like that. So anyways, those are the commercials. That's what's going on tonight. What else we got going on? We got Catherine in the house. We got Ryan in there. What is Ryan saying? He goes, send in my positive energy your way, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. We got Robert in the house. This is boom. Hi, Christopher and hi, Catherine. And uh, Robert says here, there's a whole lot of wooey in the air right now. There absolutely is. And it's just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. I have the exciting pleasure of introducing my guest tonight. I have known her since probably about 2013. Uh, we were both, you guys have heard me talk about a mastermind that I was in back in 2013, where I decided to go from suit and tie speaking to kick-ass Christopher Roush, no excuses. And I got the opportunity to mute meet some beautiful, beautiful people. And one of those people is Miss Teresa Velarde. And she's going to be on the show right now. And she's going to be talking about conversations that matter. Teresa Velarde, thank you for being here. Welcome to the Ron Unscripted Show, my dear. I am so excited. Thank you, Christopher, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's long, long, long overdue. We go yeah. through periods where we talk and we don't talk. And with my finding my, my getting my new Facebook page, I was like, who do I need to connect with? Who do I need to connect with? And I saw your name and I'm like, I got to connect with Teresa. And here we are ready to have this awesome conversation. How are you doing this evening? Great. Just got back from dinner with my family. I'm three hours ahead of you. It's 10 o'clock here where I am. So just got back from dinner. We celebrated my birthday. <laughs> so Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Teresa. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank I you. I told you I would sing. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a record contract, ladies and gentlemen. I sang happy birthday. Actually, when you brush your teeth, you have to sing happy birthday twice. Yeah, in order to get the job done. That's yes. what I tell my son. Yeah. How old is he now? He's 17. I'm just kidding. No, he's five. <laughs> five going on 17. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's amazing. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Thank you for asking. We got Captain saying happy birthday. Absolutely. So let's thank just jump right into it, Teresa. Um, and thank you for being here three hours ahead of, uh, of us. Um, one of the questions I've been asking most of my guests lately is, is thinking about the last three years of our life and really thinking about what happened with the pandemic and with COVID and everything in March 20th here in the United States, where we went into six weeks of, of mandatory hibernation. And then the ensuing year and a half, two years has just been a huge shift in all of our lives. And so I'm very curious for my guests and a lot of people I talk to in real life, in person, what has this last couple of years meant for you? What have you learned about yourself most importantly? And what have you learned about the people around you, the people in the world about you? Oh my goodness. Um, so the first thing that I learned is I, I'm so grateful that I can work from home 
and none of it, none of what happened out in the world affected me. So I'm just so grateful for that. Um, you know, uh, the thing with I'm grateful for Zoom and those kind of things where you can actually see face to face for people with people who you um, you wish you could you know hug every now and then, but. Um, the world is insane. I do my best to not get involved in what's going on on the outside because it disturbs what's going on on the inside, you know, yeah. and that's, and that really, uh, and I need to be centered and focused and, you know, um, alert and doing the work that I do. Cause I help people get their stories told in books and I'm, I'm editing all the time. I'm helping people get uh, children's books, um, illustrated. I have a great illustrator in the Philippines. So uh, the insanity of this world, even now, I, it seems to get worse before it gets better. And mm -hmm. hoping that we are reaching what somebody calls the tipping point and that we will, we will slide down the other side of this and we won't get into all the nonsense that they're talking about. So I try to stay away from the television. That's one of the mm. big things. But, you know, I have to give kudos to my son. He actually opened a restaurant. He 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 uh, opened a restaurant right Seriously? when COVID hit. Yes. No. Yes. He, they were ready to open. Now, um, I live in northeastern Pennsylvania, and there's a, a town called Scranton that has one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day parades in the country. And parade day is the day that everybody makes the money. So the deal was they were going to open for parade day and then shut down, do all the renovations, and then open again. Well, P.S., COVID canceled the parade. Oh, they no. partied anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Why not? You know, but and it's been it's been a road, but he's he's risen above like his mom. He takes good lessons from his mother and um He's risen above and he's got a very successful restaurant and he's doing really well. So great. Nice. What's the name of it and what type of food does he serve? What makes him unique? It's called the rail yard. It's oh, nice. a, uh, so for people who don't know Scranton, Pennsylvania is Steamtown. It's where some of the first locomotives were, um, were uh, designed and hit the rails. And um, it's right around where the Steamtown um museum is so they called it the rail yard and when they when they named it it's right across the street from the radisson hotel which used to be um the train station the train no actually went through the radisson hotel and so <laughs> the train's not it doesn't go through there anymore but hopefully not <laughs> kind of cool though like looking down from the balcony like oh there's the there's the oh. 420 train the 420 yeah <laughs> the 420 there 420, you go no, why not? that's what popped into my brain <laughs> yeah so, yeah, he's doing really well. But it, the, the restaurant used to be a bus station long ago. And right down the road from where the, where the restaurant is, we didn't realize that what is now a, a little mall used to actually be the rail yard where they had all the, all the equipment and the trains and the rails and all the things that they needed to keep the tracks running right. So, yeah. Nice. That's what kind of food is he serving? Is he serving railway, rail, rail car food? Yeah, yeah. No, he serves. It's it's a gastro pub, but um, he has um, he has salads and and appetizers. He's got uh, burgers. If you go on his Facebook page, those burgers, those suckers are this high. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, they he, he makes good food. He makes good food, but um, yeah, it's fun. Nice. It's fun to watch him succeed at something that he really does. He started out as a DJ. He was the restaurant that that was. Um, before he took over it, it was he was the music manager in there. He was a DJ, and that was his uh, residence. Every, once a weekend, either Friday or Saturday, he was there. 
had a great following. He was one of the best in Northeastern Pennsylvania, had a booming business going for um, events and um, weddings and such, and COVID. And then there was COVID. And then there was COVID. Yeah. And our lives went. Right. And people switched gears. So I pay a lot of attention to the things that I can do from the house and, you know, whatever. It, it's crazy. I still see people driving around with masks in the car by themselves. Do you? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I see I see all kinds. I see all, all sorts of different situations. But um, the question just actually popped into my mind and thinking about this, because I know some from some of the other guests that I've had on the show, they've talked about how when I talk about I ask about how COVID has changed their life some of the aspects they talk about sometimes are the fact that their their relationships and we're going to talk about relationships and communication and conversations definitely in this episode mm-hmm. but uh they talk about how some of their relationships that they were really close with people you know have shifted because of the political climate or because of their you know vaccine not vaccine mask no mask has that impacted any of your relationships at all um a little bit my sister thinks i'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> to say thank you i love being crazy yeah my one sister thinks I'm crazy. She sounds like Fran Drescher. So when she calls me up and she's like, yeah. Hello, Teresa. How are you? How are you? How are you? I grew up on Long Island. I never got that, that, that Long Island twang kind of thing going on, but she's, she's hysterical. Um, you know, we've had some interesting conversations. I've had interesting conversations with people who are, everybody has their opinion on what is going on and who, who's right, who's wrong, um, who created this mess in the first place. You know, it's, it's, all I can say is it's been interesting. Mm -hmm. It's been interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. I I have friends that I like, I was telling somebody the other day, like my whole intention is to really be the bridge between different factions or different sides of, of different arguments and whatever, you know, Republican, Democrat, vaccine, no vaccine, you know, all the different things that are going on in the world. I try to be the bridge, but I've noticed even for myself in, in, in talking with some of these individuals, both on both sides of the conversation that in some respects, you just start, you start to wonder, you know, about the sanity of some people's minds and what they're really truly focusing on. Right. Yeah, exactly. I used to run a, a chapter for a women's organization in this area. And uh, right, uh, probably about maybe six months ago, I got a phone call from one of the women who was up in this area. Her, her They had a house in Pennsylvania and she had moved down to Florida, but then she came up here to sell the house. And um, she called me and she says, hey, you want to get all the people together? I said, yes, absolutely. Let's see. I'll t- I made a reservation in my son's restaurant. And I said, you take some of the names. I'll take some of the names and we'll all, we'll, we'll all go there. We're just about ready to have this a couple of days beforehand. We're ready to all meet. Everybody's excited. And all of a sudden she says to me, Uh-oh. Teresa, are you vaccinated? And I went, no. She goes, oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? And she um. says, I, I, I don't think I can go. And I'm like, oh, why not? because um you might get me sick i was like what wow i could have got you sick all the other times i could have got you the flu could have got you bronchitis then were were you i said wait a minute let me just let me just get this correct you think that because i am not vaccinated and you are that i perfectly healthy might somehow get you sick when you've got an experimental whatever in your body 
and you're worried about me getting you sick? Yeah. I said, turn the television off. Right. <laughs> she said, obviously, we don't listen to the same news channels. I said, obviously not. I said, are you going to come? And she said, she said, yes. And then the day before she canceled. And then she canceled for three other people who decided that they weren't coming either. Wow. So it was all good. I mean, you know, I, my father used to say, them that don't come don't have to leave. So there you go. I love I that. Through, I met with a couple of girls. We had a great time and they missed out. So that's why I look at it, you know? So is that relationship done or is it just on the sidelines for now? I guess it's on the sidelines. I have no harsh feelings against her. I mean, it just is, it's just, uh, I, I find it, I, I just find it really hard to believe um, the things that people buy into, that the propaganda is just so darn ridiculous, no matter what side of the conversation you're on. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just so ridiculous. So I just take what I like, leave the rest, go about my business, be kind and nice to everybody, grateful for every opportunity to be with my friends or whoever is important to me. And, you know, and I get to come and spend time with you. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I love it. No, I'm the same way. I, I really think about, you know, the fact that, you know, it's like, you know, for me and struggling having these conversations with people, I've got people who were at the January 6th, you know, capital, whatever you want to call it, who were there. I've got people who, who disowned everybody who even thought that was a good idea. Yeah. And I'm like, so my whole thing is like, I try to understand where people's perspectives are. And the thing that I struggle with the most is because I'll look at their, their, their information. I'll look at, you know, the, the conspiracy theories or whatever. I'm like, I was, I'm looking at one about Lake Mead. Like we're hearing about all these different lakes, you know, record droughts and record levels. And somebody told me the other day, Oh, it's all bullshit. You know, those things are really full. And I'm like, okay, well send me your information and you look at it and you just, for me, I just don't know what the truth is anymore. You know, if you look at something, it seems like there's evidential research that supports this or supports that. And so for me, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to do what my intuition tells me. I'm going to do what my gut tells me. I'm going to love everybody, appreciate everybody, unless they start getting into points where they start to call names or they're starting to like throw the baby out with the bathwater. Or if you believe in this, then you're just a piece of shit. Like, yeah. no, I can't, I can't go with that. Yeah. I can't, you know, all right, believe what you want to believe and go about your business. I mean, you know, when you finally come up for air and you breathe what's really out there, <laughs> call me, whatever. You know, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. People are, you know, what's really interesting about this whole time is that the, um, there was some stuff that went on in New York that was all, um, that was all, uh, when COVID first came, there were a lot of elderly people that were put on ventilators and stuff and whatnot. And there was a place right, right by here that the same thing happened. Um, and, you know, the stories that come out of that, who did what, and how many and all this other stuff. Um, and it's it's tough to believe that um, people would do what they did if they did for the sake of somebody else's idea. Like, I if I have a message to tell you, like, go with your own gut, follow your own intuition, like get into what your head, learn what you need to learn for yourself in order to be able to make a decision on what's right for you and what's right for your family. And everybody else can do the same um, for what's right with them and their family as well. So, you know, and if you, if you, if you respect each other's decisions and each other's, um, the ways that they live, then the world will be a much better place. Yes. Yeah.
Yes, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with you, Teresa. It's it's so funny. You you reminded me of something. Like I like I said, I try to like understand both sides of the situation. And for me, I got vaccinated. My my wife, we were here during COVID. My um, obviously we're here. My mother-in-law got trapped yeah. here. She came out from Chicago to spend time with Jackson. She comes out here for the winter. She was literally supposed to go back, I think March 24th or something like that. And so we're like, we didn't want her to travel because she's nearly she was 80, nearly 80 years old then. Plus, we had my son here. Plus, my wife has, you know, immu immunization compromises and whatnot. So I was like, I didn't really want to do it, but I was like, you know what, I'll just do it. And so I figured, you know, what's the big deal? If I glow in the dark, then I'll then so be it. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be one of those people, whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I'm not worried about it. But it was so funny. Um, shortly after I got vaccinated, I was having a conversation with with one of my friends and he just went off on me. He's like, I can't believe you did that. If, you know, it's got microchips in it. It's got all this other stuff. And, and he kind of freaked me out a little bit. And I'm like, well, it is what it is. It's done. It's done. I'm going to die someday. It's not a big deal. I'm not even I'm not even giving it a second guess. And so this person was totally, totally, totally against it, was citing all these different things and vouching all this other stuff. And the same day I went to my doctor's appointment, I went to my pain management doctor's appointment to get an injection in my back. And there was a different lady that was kind of greeting people in and like doing the blood pressure and stuff like that. And I said, Oh, how's your day going? You know, you're making small talk and everything. And she goes, Oh, this is a welcome relief from what I do normally during the day. And I said, Oh, what do you normally do? And I didn't expect her to say this. She goes, Oh, I'm a critical care ICU nurse. And this was right in the thick of things. Like, you know, after things yeah. barely started getting relief, they, the only way I could go to the doctor was to get this, this shot and you had to do all this rigmarole to get in there. But I said, oh, wow. I said, so you've seen a lot of stuff recently. And she just basically her eyes start watering. Yeah. And I said, I said, can I ask you a couple of questions? I said, I actually have a podcast and I'm really kind of interested now that I have a, a person who's dealing with this firsthand, not, not somebody on the news, like somebody yeah. standing right in front of me. And I said, what have you learned about this situation? And she goes, and what have, what have you seen? And she goes, I've seen people that came in here that were dead against it and didn't think it existed. And, you know, now they're on ventilators. I've seen people die. I've seen people die without their families. She goes, you know, people sit there and think it's some sort of joke. It's not a joke. You know, it depends. You could, you could dodge it, but maybe you won't dodge it. And so she said she saw a lot of people that were coming in there with this bravado, like, I don't need this. And then seeing them die, you know, in, in five days, 10 days or something like that. So it was yeah. crazy. I had one person like, you know, vehemently like, no, no, no. And then I'm talking to this lady and she's in tears. She goes, you know, I've spent 18 hours in the ICU and she goes, the nurses are burned out and we, we have so much stress and everything else. So it was like, you know, cause you see things on the news and you're like, okay, maybe that's just one hospital, but hearing it from that person just reminded me again, like, okay, all of us have kind of a responsibility to, to maybe learn and educate ourselves. But at the same time, like you said, Teresa, like I'm going to go with what feels good to me. And you know, that's what we got to do in all of our, every aspect of our life, really. Exactly. You, you know, you make, you make, a, you make a, uh, your own decisions as to who you associate with, what kind of work you do, um, what kind of groceries you buy. How is, how is this any different? You know, I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's, uh, well, you know, there's um, the flu. Let's talk about the flu shot for a second. I had the flu shot twice in my life. I got the flu worse than I've ever had the flu in my life. Me too. I never get it anymore. Yeah. So, and then I said to the doctor, I said, why, when they asked me the next year, I said, why would I even put that in my body? If, if I know that I'm going to get the flu, cause I got it worse than I ever did. He said, yeah, you were in pretty bad shape last year, but I think you've got a different strain of the flu. I think we should try this again. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, Oh, all right. And then a week later or two weeks later, however long the incubation period is, I was back in the day and, and I almost ended up in the hospital that time because I got pneumonia with it too. So many tried to convince me to take the pneumonia vaccine. I said, buddy, <laughs> I don't think so. 
I don't think so. But you know, for some people, for some people, their bodies do well with these immunizations. Yeah. For other people, they don't. And you know, I just have to like I have no I have no opinion about people who have decided to get the vaccine, who have decided to, you know, um, boost and double boost and whatever else they I, I those are your decisions. Yeah. Those are your decisions for yourself and for your family. And um, I, I have, um, I don't see a lot of people during the day. So I, you know, I see a lot of people this way during the day on the, yeah. on the camera. But for the most part, I don't have to worry about um, being in contact with anybody who might potentially be sick. For the most part, except when yeah. I go to the restaurant, then that's then there's a different story. Right. Yeah. Then you just do what you got to do. But um, no, I love this. I didn't expect to go down this rabbit hole, but I appreciate that. Um, and then just like really thinking like going, stepping back and what you do with people and helping them write their books. Yeah. Why is this, why is it so important for us to write our story? First of all, it leaves a legacy for your family. It tells, it leaves information for your, your family and your friends who know you and you, you leave your mark on the world. And a lot of us will leave our mark on the world in a different way too, like through arts and, and through your, you know, your podcast is, is going to be legendary. I'm sure one day we'll be saying, Oh, I knew that guy. <laughs> yeah. oh, yes, you will, baby. Yes, yeah. you will. Indeed. You know, so um, I think that it's important for you to, um, talk about your life and what's important to you and, you know, to the ones you love and, and just share who you are, you know, and we were all created differently. And each one of us is, has our own gifts and our talents. And, you know, we're supposed to leave this world a better place before we leave. That's what I believe. And, you know, I'm grateful that I have the ability to write and make pottery and, and, you know, leave, leave some pretty things behind, you know, so Yes. And, and I get a chance to leave my story as well and help others do the same. Yes. So what, what, and thank you for sharing that, but what do you, what do you recommend to people who are considering writing their life story? Cause I know for myself, I'm near, I've shared with you that I'm writing my book. It's just you and me kid. Mm -hmm. And it's been an interesting process, an interesting journey. It's one thing to sit there and say, okay, I was homeless. And, you know, I tried to commit suicide twice. And, you know, it's one thing to talk about it on a surface level, but it's another thing to dig into the weeds and like really go back to remembering specifics. And I've found that that process has been both healing and also somewhat disturbing in that yeah. process. What kind of recommendations do you have for people who perhaps have a, a traumatic childhood or traumatic history to maybe approach this in a way that doesn't really re-trigger them into uh, a spiral situation? First of all, if you have a if you have a, a lot of things in your past that could potentially bring you to a place of, um, for lack of a better phrase, gross uncomfortability, go slowly. Like I would, I would. Just write down what you remember, first of all. Write down the things that come to your mind. Um, make, you know, bullet points as to what. And then you can put the timeline together later on. And if you find if you find that you're um, getting into the weeds, so to speak, and you've got a lot of stuff in there, um, sometimes it comes up too fast for you to write it out. And that's where these beautiful little things come in, you know, <laughs> because the notepad on here, if you just hit the record or, yeah, mm-hmm, if you hit yeah. the record button and you just speak into it, then you can go ahead and get it um, translated, you know, uh, transcribed so that you can use it as a Word document and then continue from there. But I would say when you're getting into the weeds and there's stuff that's painful, give yourself time back away. There's no your 
your timeline is your timeline. There's no, nobody's going to impose deadlines on you, at least not with my work. And I don't impose deadlines on people. We go at their pace and, um, you know, just do what you can in order to be able to tell as much as you want. And if you decide not to share some deep, dark secret, so what? Nobody will know anyway. Exactly. No, I love it. I, the way I approached this book was I was trying to think about which manner I wanted to really kind of go through the process of like telling the story. And so it dawned on me, I like, I'll just go by physical locations that we lived in. So I started off with Inglewood, California, where I grew up and then moved to Anaheim. And so I just took each one of the motels that we lived in. And I was like, okay, let me, let me just conjure up. I just started pulling bullet points. Like you said, narratives of the story that I wanted to remember, like, oh, okay, I remember in this motel, my mom got raped. I remember in this motel, you know, the Burger King incident where the guy would give me free food. And so I just started bullet pointing and then I went through like, so it's basically broken up by addresses mm -hmm. and it kind of helped me think about things chronologically. And when I had to reference back to somebody, I could see visuals in my brain, like, okay, I was there. Then we went here. So for me, that was a, that was a great opportunity to set it up. I don't know if I'm going to finish the book that way, but at least it helped me um, to, to kind of think about it in chronological sequence. Right. And you know, you mentioned a couple of things there. If you, this is not your story, somebody else has lived a story similar to yours. And so through the process, it's my experience that through the process of writing the story out, there's great healing for the person whose story it is. And it also gives great hope to the person who has lived a similar story and think that it's the end of the world because they, they weren't able to come to terms with whatever it is that happened. So the fact that somebody else has gone through similar stuff, it brings hope to those who need to tell their story as well, but just don't know how. So they live vicariously through you telling your story. Yes, yes. I'm sure you're familiar with the hero's journey. Yes. Joseph Campbell story. Yes. Oh my God. I tell people all the time, like I'm going to tell you guys watching or listening, if any new, new viewers or new listeners, the Joseph Campbell story, uh, on YouTube, I think it's an hour and 23 minutes, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, totally free to watch. And it really talks about, um, the fact that we all go on this hero's journey. We think about the wizard of Oz. We think about star Wars. We think about any great movie where the lead yeah. character goes through the trials and tribulations. And then we were sitting there rooting for him. We want them to, yeah, they're going to get through it. We want to get through it because secretly we want that for ourselves. We want to be able to go through that strife and all those adversities and everything else to be able to come back and share it with other people and say, Hey, Teresa, what? I went through this, this journey. I want to teach you how to go through it. So you don't have to make the same mistakes I did. And for me, it's such a brilliant story. I had a friend of mine watching it be, or had a friend of mine watch it because he was sitting there telling me like, Chris, he was, went through a crypto crash. He went through, he's, he's always doing something new. He's like, man, I just feel like I've, I've already learned these lessons and da, 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 da. And so I talked about the hero's journey and I said, I tell you what, I'm going to watch it again too. I said, go watch it. Let's reconnect in a couple hours, take some notes and tell me what you think. And so he watched it, he came back, he goes, my mind is completely shifted, Chris. Because yeah. I, I, I said, everything in your life, all the adversities and everything else that are going on are preparing you for what's next. Yes. I said, how would you feel if you knew six months down the road that everything you've been through, you're going to, something's going to happen and you're going to peek through like the bamboo that shoots up and, and starts growing real fast. You're going to, you're going to be able to go back and say, Oh my God, I went through this experience and lost crypto. I went through this experience in real estate. I went through this experience in 2008, blah, blah. And now I, I'm here today to tell you guys how to get through it. I said, how would you feel right now? He goes, Oh my God, I would feel amazing because I would know that it's all going to work out. I'm like, tell me a time in your life where it hasn't worked out. Yeah. And people just stop and think about that. So for you in, in helping people write their stories, has there been anybody who stands out and obviously not names or any people or any stories that have stood out where people have sat there and been apprehensive about writing a book, but then wrote it and then came back like, oh my God, Teresa, I feel like this awakening. Can you tell us maybe a couple of stories like that? Oh my goodness. Um, there's been so many, I, you know, 
I can just say this, that most stories, like what you just described, the hero's journey, um, most of the stories are like when you come out on the other side of it, you come out with such a sense of relief and a sense of gratitude for having been able to survive what happened before, but get through whatever it is that um, I'll call it the window that you have to go through in order to get to the other side of it. You called it bamboo. Okay. So you got through the bamboo and now you see, now you see the journey for what it was and you're grateful for everything that you learned because it has strengthened you for whatever comes next. And most of the time, whatever comes next, as long as you, as long as you, it's been my experience, not just for myself, but for people who have written stories similarly, as long as you come through it with a grateful heart, you know, for all of what happened, regardless of how bad it is, the pain, you know, as a coach, you got to hit the pain points in order to get through to what is actually, um, you know, the best, have the best person that you are. You got to get through the pain points. And that's, you know, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of the stories. There's so many. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to think about one story in particular because they all get mixed up in my head after a while, you know, especially when you're doing compilation books, because I'm, I'm working with a couple of people for compilation books right now. And, um, you know, you get a little snippet of the story and you get the you, they've been through the pain. Like I'm, I'm going to have to I want to say congratulations to Kathleen for stop smoking, because I did that many, many, many years ago. And I did it on a bet. Somebody told me I couldn't do it. And I said, watch me. Yeah, don't tell Teresa she can't do something. She'll <laughs> do it twice and take pictures. <laughs> there you go. So I said, watch me. And I did. I quit in a household full of smokers. And I, um, I never, once I put it down, I never picked it up again. Ever, ever, ever. So if you can get through the first three weeks, Catherine, you're good to go. Welcome. You're welcome. Congratulations. My niece just uh, just quit smoking too, but she she decided that she was going to vape for a while. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. That's another controversial conversation. Mm. I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, my wife's been vaping for a long time. I'm like, you use that to quit smoking, but you've been doing this. They have this thing called popcorn lung, and I'm like, you're over forty now. Your body doesn't renew itself as well as it did before. Yeah. But I just I just stand by. I'm there. I'm there as a support person because I've learned in my own trajectory. One of the biggest lessons I've had to learn as a coach and as a very passionate coach, I call myself a compulsive motivationalist, is that I know I can't as much as I know. And I could tell somebody, here's the five things to do to, to change what it is you have going on. I know it's their journey and I can't rob them of them hitting their bottom to have them realize in their own space and time that this yeah. is what I need to do to shift. And if, if like with my mom, I begged her all my life to quit smoking. I remember being a six year old kid when we went to school and they were like, you know, when the, the, the stop smoking campaigns really hit and she told me it's none of my fucking business. It's my fucking body. Leave me the fuck alone, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then when she got diagnosed with lung cancer and I'm like, Hey mom, you remember that uh, conversation? She goes, yeah. And I said, well, guess who gets to be a part of this journey with you and has to take care of you now because yeah. you decided to do that. I said, that's why I begged you not to do it. Yeah, and, you know, it, it sucked, but both my parents died of lung cancer. Wow. It's, yeah. I mean, that's a miserable way to watch somebody pass. I mean, I, I was there when she passed away. I held her hand. My wife was there with me. And um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it, it took her. She was basically diagnosed um, when she had her leg amputated because of her smoking. She had atherosclerosis in her in her arteries and wasn't getting uh, blood flow to her leg, so they had amputated above the knee. And then during that hospital visit, that's when they found out that she had stage four lung, lung cancer, and she, they gave her six months to live. She lived about a year and a half, but about 
two months or so before she passed away, she was in the hospital. She had a giant, I have a picture of it. She had a giant, um, um, metastasization, you know, cancer metastasized to her back. She had it removed. They thought she could die during the, the procedure and everything. She came through it. And I was there in the hospital room with her. And my mom was never one to admit failure wrong. She was, you know, I'm in command, I'm control. I'm the smartest person in the whole planet. And I had my back to her. I was in the, her room and I was putting something in my backpack and she goes, tell Barbara, it's not worth it. And I'd stopped and I was like, mm. I think I know what she's talking about. And I said, what did you say? And she was sitting in her hospital bed and she said, um, she goes, tell Barbara, it's not worth it. And I just said, what's not worth it. Smoking. And she goes smoking. And I said, I gave her a big hug. We weren't touchy feely types of people. And I gave her a big hug and, you know, I didn't even ask her anything. That was all I needed. It was just like, okay, you finally accept responsibility. Cause she says, oh, I got it because I drove LA freeways with smog and with my windows down and all this other stuff. So her to finally admit it. And then to watch her through that next couple of months was, was horrific. So, um, yeah, all that to say, you know, people have their different stories and whatnot, yeah. but, uh, yeah, and the addiction to uh, to nicotine is so strong. My brother recently was um, hospitalized. He has COPD, and he came through a um, a CAT scan. Uh, when he got when he got out of the CAT scan machine, he stopped breathing. His heart stopped. He was out for eight to ten minutes. No way. I'm waiting for him to remember what happened in that window. I want to know what happened in the gap. That's oh, what near death experience. Yep. So. Um, and he was on a ventilator for six days before he was able to get off. And, um, you know, I talked to him the other day and I said, you're not smoking, right? And he said, no, but why does everybody have to be? I said, listen, this is what I, <laughs> this is what I said to him. Now you get my New York going. I said, yeah. to him, you have, you have three sisters. You have a wife, you have two children, you have five grandchildren. If you pick up another cigarette, one of us is going to jail and you're going to die. <laughs> Hell yeah. Kill him with love. Kill him with love. Exactly. Exactly. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Mm -mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, you, you have said a word a few times during this broadcast and I want to, I want to hone in on it in a minute. You've talked about gratitude. You've said yes. be grateful, gratitude. You've said it probably three or four times. Talk to us about why that's so important to you. I mean, it's massively important to me. I'll tell you this before you go to give you a moment to think about it. But I, I, I say this all the time. Like I literally start my day every single day before my eyes open. I say what I'm grateful for. And the second part that I've added to that process probably a couple of years ago now, maybe about three is I say what my intentions are for the day. So that way I'm, when I'm going through the day, like my intention is to be present and playful with my son. So if I'm playing with my son and I'm thinking about the next show or what I got to do with the book, I'm not setting, I'm not following my intention. So I sit there and I change it. And most of the time I change it by going to what I'm grateful for to reestablish my priorities in life. My intention is to be productive and, and to make the world a better place for who I am and what I say. You, you said about that earlier. So why is gratitude so important to you? And what advice would you give to people to make sure it's a mo the, the priority in their life as well? So I say this very often, gratitude is the key that unlocks the doorway to prosperity in every area of your life. Yes. Yeah. And so, and if I want, if I really want to go to uh, basics, I, I can go to the Bible and the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus fed the 5,000 and people say, why is it so important? I said, well, if you go to that moment and you read that scripture, or if you watch the chosen, if anybody hasn't watched the chosen, I love the chosen. It's, it's, it's great. But anyhow, not to get distracted. The one thing that he did 
when he got the five loaves and the two fish, that little boy's lunch, and they used that lunch in order to be able to feed 5,000. The one thing that he did was lift it, to, lift, it up to, lift it up and give thanks for what it was. And that's all he did was give thanks. And he fed 5,000 and they had 12 baskets left over. So everything in gratitude multiplies for the good. You know, yes. everything multiplies for the good. So um, I had a situation with somebody who I was actually... It was a family member. I won't say who. I'm sitting at the kitchen table and they're yelling at one another and carrying on and moaning and bitching about this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, all right, stop. Uh, because it, it was actually painful to me. I said, you got to stop this. I felt it in my body because I don't, I, that's just not who I am. And, I, and being around that is really hard for me. I said, tell me one thing you're grateful for. I'm not grateful for anything. <laughs> Really? I really, I took a breath and I said, how about the fact you have a roof over your head? How about the fact you have, a, have someone in here who loves you? How about the fact that you have beautiful children and grandchildren and that you have, you, you have breath in your lungs? That's just the beginning. Should we start mm -hmm. a list? You know, and some people, some people get hung up on, as long as you focus on what you don't have, you will have more of what you don't have. Amen. Focus on being grateful for what you do have then you will have much, much more and it will go far and we will feed 5,000, right? Mm -hmm. It's so true. I mean, I, I live and swear by it because um, there was one time, actually, you, I don't know if you were there or not, but I think it was, I think it was at, um, you know, who's, um, uh, uh, event there in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. And I think I was upstairs up on the stage talking about, um, gratitude. And I said, I said, you know, what, what kind of issues do people have going on in the, in the audience? How many people have uh, money issues? And everybody was raising their hand and I'm like, okay, who in here could use a million dollars cash right now? No taxes. I give you cash right now, but you got to give me something. And people were like, Ravens, I, like, I don't have a million dollars right now, but I'm like, okay, I give you a million dollars. Will that solve your problems? Oh yeah, I could buy a house. I could do this. I could do this. You know, their focus is all on that. I'm like, okay, so I give you a million dollars cash. You give me your eyesight. I'm going to take your eyes and I'm going to give them to a blind person. Do you do it? Looked around the audience. You know, Craig used to have like six, 800 people in there looking around the audience. Everybody's just like, oh, I'm like, where did all the hands go? Where'd all the hands go? Oh, okay. So a million dollars for your eyesight. You don't want to do that. Okay. I understand. I get it. Eyesight's beautiful. You want to be able to see things. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, who could use half a million dollars? $500,000, no taxes, cash money right here, but you got to give me something. And people are like looking at me wearingly. I'm like, okay, your legs, you're going to be paralyzed for the rest of your life, but from the waist down, you can still drive. You can still play tennis. You can still do stuff. I have friends of mine personally who are paralyzed from the waist down and they are more active than I am. They're more crazy than I am. And I ask anybody, nobody wants to do it. So I'm like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you just told me that money was the biggest issue in your life, that if you had money, it would answer all your problems. But you just told me that you wouldn't be willing to trade your eyesight or your legs for basically a million five. So ladies and gentlemen, you wake up in the morning and your eyes open and your feet hit the floor. You're a million five ahead of the game. Focus on what it is that you have. Be grateful for what you have because in a moment, like literally, I'll, I'll tell you the story. The other day, my left ear, I've always had problems with my left ear. The other day, it kind of just all of a sudden like almost turned off. And I was sitting there, I was like, you know, like pushing it and everything. And I was just like, oh my God. And I recently watched this great, great movie called The Sound of Metal. It's about this heavy metal drummer who starts to lose his hearing. I won't give any part of the story away, but it's really, really awesome. The Sound of Metal. And I started freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, what if I went deaf? 
you know, just the fact that we take so much stuff for granted, we take our health for granted, we take these things for granted. To your point, Teresa, I mean, focus on what you have, the amazing beauty. I have electricity. I have air conditioning. I have a toilet that flushes. I have uh, my son in the next room. I've got all the, I've got beautiful people in my life. I mean, yeah. to your point, it's just absolutely so incredible. Yeah. And, you know, and, and then the things that you worry about, you tend not to worry about. You know, like that million five that everybody wanted to do whatever they do. If you, I have never, I don't think that there, there's been one time in my life where I was worried about anything. I was worried about um, the situation that I was leaving. My, my you know, my ex-husband, I, I came from a, um, a not so great marriage, but I, <laughs> I blamed myself because I heard God say to me at the altar, don't marry this man. I have someone so much better for you. And I did it anyway. And I'm like, I looked around at all the people who had come from all over the country, my family. And I was more concerned about them than I was about myself and what my future might hold for me. And so there were that during that time in my life, I had a lot of worries. But then once I finally decided that worry is fruitless because the things that you worry about may never come to fruition. Yes. Um, then from that point on, you know, I never had money worries. I never had, you know, I, I have always had enough. And, and I always make sure that if someone else is in need, regardless of how much I have or I don't have, I always make sure that I give because it's in the giving that we receive, you know, so, mm. and that really, that really has has stuck with me. And my mother was like that. My mother, you know, you talked about your mom passing away. My mother, on the night she passed away, two nights before she passed away, I'm having a conversation with her. I don't know what we talk about. We talk about everything. And um, two days before that, she had told me that she was ready to go. She knew where she was going. And she was she was ready. She says, but I'm, I'm going to miss you. She said, just do me a favor. Just do your <laughs> Do your best to keep the family together. You know, I have two sisters and a brother. And I rolled my eyes and she knew exactly the reason I was rolling my eyes. And she said, all right, I'll make you a deal. You work on them from this side. I'll work on them from the other side. <laughs> Teamwork, baby. Teamwork. Right? So the two nights before she died, we were waiting for my sister-in-law and my brother to come from upstate New York to Long Island. And... Um, having a conversation. I put her, I tucked her in and made her comfortable. And, and, uh, all of a sudden we're talking and she's like lost in the left corner of the room, like where the ceiling meets the walls and she's just lost. And I'm like, I'm talking to her. I'm going, mom, I couldn't get her back. Couldn't get her attention back to me. And then she starts giggling. And I went, and then it turned on me. I said, all right, who's here? Who's here? And she said, she started naming off all my deceived relatives. And I was like, Whoa. are you kidding? I'm like, oh, you're kidding. And I said, now, now Sunday afternoons at my house, everybody was together. My grandmother lived next door, whether it was my house or my Aunt Rose or whatever. But um, most of the time it was either my grandmother's or my aunt's. We'd go over and we would have these. I grew up in an Italian family. Does that tell you anything? Oh, yeah. Lunch started at 12 o'clock. The food didn't get put away until five o'clock. The cards came out at 530 and the women went downstairs and cooked the pasta for the next meal in the second kitchen in the Italian household. Wow. So I remember making pasta. <laughs> so she says to me, I, I she's she's like giggling. And I said, what are you doing? And then she looks me straight in the eye. And this is what she said to me. 
I said, she tells, she names them all. I said, mom, what are they doing? She said, they're cooking the pasta for the party. I'm going home. Oh. And you wow. want to talk about, you want to talk about a, a beautiful experience. So, you know, I'm so grateful for those moments that I had with my mother the last few days of her life. She was, she was, she wanted to see everybody. And then when, 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 um, when Linda and my, and my brother came from upstate New York, she was like, she didn't want to have, we couldn't keep her awake during the day. She <laughs> knew that they were there. Get me up, get me up. And she had a full meal and, and she spent the, her last time, you know, with her family. And it was, everybody has those moments to remember. So wow. gratitude, whether we're talking about money, whether we're talking about situations like what I just said, or whether we're talking about the fact that, you know, people that we love quit smoking so that they have a better chance in life. Um, you have to, you have to be grateful for it all. You got to get through even, even the pain I went through, I went through hell and back with my ex-husband and, you know, I'm grateful for it because I have my son who came yeah. into my office one day, you know, you remember Seinfeld? Here you go. Yeah. Okay. Kramer Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Kramer opens up. the door and slides in, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Giddy up. <laughs> he goes, mom. What were you thinking? And I'm laughing because of, of, of what I've just seen. I was like, I'm taken back to what were you thinking? I'm like, about what, Joe? He says, he says, you are probably the most brilliant woman I know in my life. And uh, I just have to know, how on earth did you ever end up with dad? <laughs> how, old is he? how old is he at this point? He was um, probably 21, maybe. How on earth did you ever end up with dad? I'm like, well, I guess I had to end up with dad so that I could have you. I'm so yes. grateful that it happened. You know, regardless of whatever happened, doesn't matter because on the other side of it, when you come out the other side, you always have something to be grateful for. Always. Mm. Teresa's dropping gems right in here. I told you, sister, 53 minutes already. Wow. 53 minutes. I always try to keep it under an hour. So thank you for sharing all this beautiful stuff. Yeah. Um, I want Ray just said this. He goes, excellent content. Thank you. So thank you for that. Um, so Teresa, one of the final questions I have for you before I ask you where people can get a hold of you is you help people write books, you write compilation books. What, talk to us about that process. If somebody is interested in writing a book or working with you, what does that process look like? What do you help them do? And kind of just walk us through that, that, uh, that endeavor. Mm -hmm. So I help you get your story put together in a way that it flows cohesively. Then we edit, we edit it. That's in part of the editing process. We edit it thoroughly. We format it for publication. We create a cover and we upload it to Amazon. And the way that I work, I don't take the royalties. You get the royalties when you publish with me. I don't take the royalties. So all the money you make from the copies that you sell, um, they, they, they are yours. I have something. I have an opportunity for your listeners. If you want, if you want me to share that with you, I'm bring it up. Bring it up. You can put it in the comments as well. If it's a link or anything, we can make it happen. Yeah. So you are. If you have never written, but would like to and want to share something on the topic of gratitude, you can go to uh, dailygiftbookseries.com. 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 And there you'll find the first book in the series. It's called A Daily Gift of Gratitude. So it's going to be a year-long reader. One page a day. 
every day to start your morning in gratitude. And these are stories just like we were describing. Something happened, it, it, didn't, feel so, it didn't feel so good. And um, in the end, you end up being grateful for it, you know, and there's a whole bunch of things that will prompt you as to whether, you know, as to what you might write about on that page. And so go on that page and there's, um, there's a way you can add one page, two page, three pages. You can be on the cover. You can get a coaching session with me. Um, it's all there for you to, to, to have as part of this. But I am gathering authors right now in order to be able to fill 365 pages of stories. And you can tell one, you can tell two, because you know what happens? You know what happens with this? Here's what happens. Once you tell one gratitude story, and you feel so good about it, then all of a sudden something else pops in your mind. Oh, remember when? And mm -hmm. oh, and that's and, and because of that happened, I ended up doing this, you know. So um, and it just they just flow, they just flow. So if you have a story that you'd like to tell um, in that book, I'm happy to receive them. Just go to dailygiftbookseries.com and um, just follow, read through it. And then if it's something that resonates with you, you can just go on, come on in. And also, if you have any questions, you can email me at dailygiftbookseries at gmail.com. I put that up there too because yeah. daily, oops, going to type daily book. Daily series. gift book series. Daily, you didn't give me this one, gift book series at gmail.com yeah mm -hmm. yeah all right yeah. um let's see this right one daily yeah. gift book series at gmail.com yes yeah Love it. that'll go to me that'll go to me and they won't get lost in the slew of email that i get at my regular email address that's why i'm giving you that one so ah gotcha yeah. gotcha gotcha yeah um yeah. So Teresa, this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing all this brilliance. Um, where can people actually get a hold of you and and uh, your other main website links? I have two of them. Okay, so the website is teresavillardi.com. I have an email, teresavillardi at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me there. And you can also go to conversationsthatmakeadifference.com where I have episodes of my podcast that airs on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network and Authentic Endeavors Publishing. And you can see some of the works that have already been published. There's different, there's different imprints within um, Authentic Endeavors. There's book endeavors where there's children's books. There's kingdom book endeavors where there's, where there's spiritual and Christian books. There's, um, there's all kinds of stuff. Well, we just published the first one for kingdom book endeavors and that's mine there. Be who you were created to be. Ooh, fly your freak flag, baby. That's what I love. <laughs> <laughs> and the good thing about this is like, you know, when I, when I wrote this, I'm like, how am I going to dedicate this and who am I going to dedicate this to? And what should I say? And I came up with something really simple. I heard this in my heart and all it says is to all who have forgotten who you were to created to be, enjoy the journey as you remember. Ooh, that's beautiful, Teresa. I love that. And it just spoke to you, the whisper. Whisper, the whisper and chills. I always know when I'm, I'm uh, when something is um, there's something is really from my heart and it really connects to to God because I always get like this feeling of like get almost choked up but then I get chills that run yeah. right down my arms right through my fingers so it's yeah it's been a journey it's been a journey I love it I love it 
You are amazing, my sister. I appreciate you so much for being here on the Ron and Scripted Show. I'm going to put you backstage, finish out the show. Don't go anywhere because I still want to chit chat with you. I know it's late over there, but uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Any final words for the viewers and the listeners tonight? Just um, this man right here has lots of good advice to give you. Just stay in his, stay in his, um, in his um, uh, coachability section, if you will. And um, I just really want to say thank you. I'm so grateful. And if I've said anything to you, uh, said anything today that resonates with you, I'd love to hear about it. Um, and we can, you know, we can have a conversation, which I'm, I'm always grateful to have. Just enjoy the journey. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Teresa Velarde, ladies and gentlemen, I love you, sweetie. Love Go you backstage, too. have some green M&Ms. I'll be right with you. Okay, thanks. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. 59 minutes, 36 seconds. Will he get it done before an hour? No, because I have a few things to say. Um, first of all, I got so caught up in the conversation, I didn't even go back and look at some of your comments. So thank you guys for being here. Let me go back up here. Um, thank you, Robert, for being so verbose. I hope you're doing awesome. We got John Brokus in the house. What's up, Jock? He says, good evening, peeps. Thank you for being here, brother. Uh, there's an amazing individual right there. Uh, that's for damn sure. Um, we got Catherine in here. She says, I know Scranton. I'm originally from Allentown, Pennsylvania. There you go. We got Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris in the house. My brother from another mother. He says, good evening, beautiful people. Good evening, Dr. Lauren Michaels Harris. Thank you. Thank you for the, the videotape footage today. Actually, uh, for those of you guys who know, uh, when I went to Chicago back in, uh, was it March, April, How long? May, it was May went out there for the power. We symposium 2022 it was an amazing time. I actually just got the video footage today. So I'll be posting some of those links up there. Um, told you guys how I was emceeing from the top balcony and doing some interviews. So I got that footage today. So I'm going to check that out. So thank you for being here, Dr. Lauren. Um, yes. And, uh, let's see. Um, that's a vaccine thing. Uh, we don't need that. We got another vaccine thing. We got Scott Goyan in the house. My, my brother from another who does my Friday night show with me, the unfiltered experience. He says, love you brother. About to watch a show and drink rum and Cokes. Peace. He's out, uh, in Costa Rica right now with his wife doing a, a meditation retreat. Um, so thank you, Scott, for tuning in a little bit. Um, Jock is getting drunk. He says, feeling a wee dram myself. Um, he's Scottish. He's got Scottish going on. Um, Catherine says here in order to quit smoking, she's been chewing straws and gum. Absolutely. You got to do whatever you got to do. Um, John broke, uh, he says, uh, I gave up smoking in the army. I gave up army in the smoking. That's what I did. Um, we got, we got Joe Hutter in the house. What's up, Joe. Good to see you. Thank you for being here. He says, Hey, John hope as well with you. We got a family here. It's the uh, misfits for life community here of the kick-ass nation. Um, so they are checking in with each other. That's what's going on. Um, he was saying he got pretty sick with COVID. You missed that part of the conversation, Joe. Go back and listen to that because you can either get a vaccination vaccination, or you don't. It's totally up to you. Um, it's uh, Joe says, hey, bro, love you. I appreciate that. Um, had some major stomach and chest issues. I hope you're glad and hope you're doing um, better, better, better. And um, yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, from the conversation tonight, gratitude gratitude, write your story, get out there and just truly live and experience life. Because when you think about the different opportunities that we have, and you guys know, I have the tattoo on my arm that says, what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. When you think about your life and you think about, we're talking about gratitude here. How would it feel if you said that I have gratitude for even the most darkest moments in my life? And you heard Teresa talk about that, even though her marriage didn't go very well, she, as a result of it, has a beautiful son. Um, when you think about this, when I ask you, like, when did you grow the most in your life? When things were easier, when things were challenging? 99.9% .9 of the people say when things were challenging. And I'm like, so are you grateful for those challenging times? 
yeah, Chris, I don't want to admit it, but yeah. I'm like, okay, so how about this? You're grateful now proactively for all the challenging times that you are going to experience because we never stop experiencing. We never get to a quota or anything else. We're always going to have situations going on in our life, especially as we get older and our friends are dying, our family's dying. You know, we're getting closer to our situation. We're reevaluating things. Have gratitude for the challenging times because you're going to grow. And when you look back on your life and you think about the different opportunities that you went through, and I call them opportunities, the lesson that you learned maybe 15 years ago about betrayal and you learned something, that lesson served you multiple times, right? Say yes, Chris. Yeah. So you're going to have more challenging times. Just live with gratitude. Live with gratitude for all the different things that happen. You know, your battery, my wife's car didn't start the other day. And so she went outside and she was all pissed off. Like my car won't start and I got to go, blah, blah, blah. And I said, think about this. Maybe your car didn't start right now because if you left right now, there's an accident on 215 freeway that you could have been involved in. Your battery didn't start for a particular reason. Have gratitude for that. So big fucking deal. You're late. It's not a big deal. You think about things. Oh, I got stuck behind a train. Maybe you were going to go on the other side of the train and get hit by a car that was going to run a red light. Think about things in terms of gratitude. I'm having a challenging time financially. Okay. What can I be grateful for? I can be grateful that I get to find out what I'm really made of. I get to find out what my resourcefulness level really truly is. I'm not just going to sit here and bitch, piss and moan about something. I'm going to sit there and figure out what I can do to change that. And I challenge you with this because somebody just said the other day, like I said, they're in a financial situation. And I said, what do you need just to kind of get even? They said 10 grand. And I said, what would you say if I said, you have to go make 10 grand or earn 10 grand or, or find 10 grand in the next seven days, but it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical. And they said, Chris, if I could do that, then I would have the 10 grand right now. I'm like, all right. And I'll end with this. And because you guys know I'm dark sometimes. I said, okay, who do you love the most in your life? Uh, my 10 year old son. Okay. So if you walk into the house tomorrow and you see somebody holding a gun to your 10 year old son, and that guy says, Hey, I need $10,000. And by the way, you can't steal it. Like, again, it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical. If you don't do it in seven days, guess what? It's going to get a bullet in his head. Are you now resourceful? Would you not find $10,000? Would you not sell everything that you have? People are walking around with fucking $1,000, $2,000 phones. You can't find stuff. You can't sell one of your TVs in your house. You can't downsize your car. You can't get a roommate. You can't do something. You guys can all always do something. So even in the darkest of times, find gratitude for the fact that you're being tested and that you're going to show God, source, the universe, your family, your friends, yourself, most importantly, that you have what it takes to rise above because in your life, you always have in the past and you will always in the future. Just depends on whether you're going to be proactive or reactive, baby. So there it is. Ron and scripted Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, um, if you guys aren't, if you guys are a fan of, I know a lot of you guys come here and watch the live show. You guys watch it on replay, but the thing I'm doing is I'm growing the podcast. So please go and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you find podcasts. If you just type in Ron and scripted podcast, you'll find it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon music, anywhere you find podcasts, go find it, subscribe to it. Let me know you did just so I can say thank you because this is all about organic growth. I don't pay any ads. I don't do anything. I'm growing it one person at a time. So if you can support it and you can go out there and share this show and say, Hey, I just watched Christopher and Teresa. They talked about gratitude and oh, Oh my God, Christopher ended with this dark thing and got me thinking about how resourceful I could be. Share this out on social media and put a little blurb in there. Tag me in it. Again, I want to thank you. I want to appreciate you guys for being a part of the Misfit community. If you're just joining the show late, please go back and watch the beginning of it. I, I shared some exciting news that I have for you. So go back there and watch it. I won't tell you what it is, but please go out and watch it and uh, support it if you feel so inclined to do so. And with that, 
Go out there and be amazing. Be beautiful. Check us out Friday night, the unfiltered experience Friday night, 5 PM Pacific standard time. You guys can find it on all my social media links. You can find it on the website. Again, if you go to the website and you go to the events tab, it shows everything that I'm doing for the week. So you can join, you can click get reminder and then you don't even have to think about it. It sends you a reminder and tells you, Hey, Chris is live. Chris is on clubhouse. Chris is doing something. So thank you guys. I love you. Appreciate you go out there and be brilliant. We'll see you next time.